folding pocket. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Hello and welcome to The Fast and the Curious with me, Christian Hugill, and no one else. At least not yet, anyway. Now, this is a slightly different episode. We have done this podcast from all sorts of amazing places. I mean, the British Grand Prix, the McLaren Technology Centre, the Miami International Autodrome, Greg's Garden Drinking Rosé. But today, we have topped it all. Welcome to a go-karting track on an industrial estate in North London by a bed factory. I am not alone. Producer Jimmy is here. Hello, Christian. We thought we'd bring you home. (laughs) Bring me home. You know, me and Greg, he's obviously the Toto Wolf. Yes. And I'm... Technical director. Yes. James Allison or something. Sidekick to that. We've always got to keep you and Betty happy. Sure. And where else could you be more like a pig in (laughs) than where it smells like rubber? There's a bit of oil. Well, I mean, we're quite far from the world of F1, I will be honest. But I am grateful uh, that that Jimmy's slightly lying. He hasn't brought me here just to keep me happy because I need to be kept within a motor racing circuit, you know, within every couple of months to keep me sort of running. We're here because the lovely people who host our podcast, Acast, off of... The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You You enjoy enjoy it now. That one. Those lovely people have put on a karting day for all their motorsport podcasts. So there's a karting. A karting. Very good, Jimmy. Yeah. You're turning into me. No. That's a me joke. Well, then this podcast needs to end. Yeah, sure. So where are the others? Greg's on his way. It's early in the morning, so Greg's obviously doing the Radio 1 breakfast show. Betty's in Antwerp, which really annoys me because she's doing things for BBC Sports interviewing gymnasts but she should be here we need her here but we do have a reserve driver we do an actual reserve driver someone who is going to be driving later we'll get we'll meet them in a bit this is a formula one podcast so we will still do the normal formula one podcast including previewing the qatar grand prix answering listener questions greg james will turn up at some point so uh, me and jimmy can see unusually i'll be honest with you an air hockey machine in the style of batman and behind that a proper you know, we're talking stag do go-karting here, if we're honest. You, you say that, but there's some people here taking it quite seriously. <laughs> I've seen people in full overalls. There are people here taking it seriously. There, there, is, uh, there is a man wearing his full race suit and helmet. So, yeah. On a, on a slightly serious note, does this bring back any memories of, of you and your dad, your dad shouting at you to go faster, that kind of thing? Does it bring back any memories of that? Is there a bit of nostalgia here? There's always nostalgia when you are driving something and turning into a corner but it's such a different world to the karting that I used to do and that the drivers started in that it feels so different it's not that nostalgic because it's little things like 
the squeak and the slidiness. So there's always a bit of nostalgia, but it's it's a different world, Jimmy. But it's amazing fun. So this isn't where your Lando's, no. your Lewis Hamilton's started out next to a bowling alley. No. <laughs> No, with an air hockey machine. This over isn't there. where dreams are born. No, there, there is a difference between proper karting, which is like a mini Formula One, which is what I've mentioned I was lucky enough to do when I was a kid, and the go karting you come and do with your mates. And this is just a bit of fun. It's go karting you do with your mates, but as anyone who's ever done that will tell you, whenever you go to that sort of place, there are people taking it quite seriously with their own helmets and suits and, and that is here we have got some people coming but i've noticed that our name is on a list for a lot of races you're gonna have to do a lot of driving i'll try but i'm not that good anymore i'm long retired jimmy i'm like what happened if you put damon hill you took him off sky sports f1 and put him in max verstappen's car well put your overalls back on you're out of retirement let's get you back on the track i'm i'm gonna have to take the place of toto wolf greg james here team principal I'm gonna have to make some big calls here okay you're doing a lot of driving. Your big call is just stick me in until Greg turns up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm on the I'm on in the pits. I'm about to go to the starting grid. Waiting for the lights. I'm right at the back of the grid. Literally last place. Three lights. Four lights. Five lights. Green lights and it's go go go. Grandad's here. <laughs> oh. Are you all right, dear? I'm actually not okay. No, I know you're not. I've put... <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this. For the first time in my life, I've put my back out. Anyone who follows this podcast will know that your dog was poorly, your wife was poorly, and now you're poorly. Yeah. Are we quite sure the house where you live isn't cursed? Yeah. The annoying thing is, it's I've put it out doing too much exercise. If anything, I'm too fit yeah, for, my own too active. Good, for my own good. Yeah. But anyway, not great timing for a go-karting day. So I hoped you'd come and relieve me so I don't have to do all the races. And if anything, you've no help to us. No, but what I have done is I've brought along a very good friend of mine, a very, very funny, very talented, very tall man. Like you could tell. Almost a like-for-like replacement. (laughs) It's a man who goes by the name of The Car Pervert. He hosts a podcast called Smith & Sniff. He also hosts a fantastic YouTube channel called The Late Break Show. It's Johnny Smith. Hi. Johnny, welcome to the Fast and the Curious. I'm very pleased to be here. Oh, it's lovely to have you here. Uh, now, you have got pedigree in motorsports. <laughs> Stop it. Don't you dare. You've seen me on the track. Yeah, you're hot. Thank you. <laughs> you are hot. Take that all day long. Coming, coming in hot. Yeah. Take that all day yeah. long. Would yeah. you like a team principal's report? Well, I've, I think I've worked out how it's going. Okay. I've got a lot of thoughts on today. Yeah, oh, me too. First of all, very grateful to have been involved and invited. Yes. I am surprised at how serious the atmosphere is. I'm surprised at how ferocious some of the driving is. And I think there are more full kit than I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And there are actual racing drivers here. This is supposed to be like, I was thinking it's a kid's birthday party. We're going to have a laugh. They're going to bring in some Happy Meals. Yep. We're going to do a bit of colouring in. Yep. And we're going to go home. Yeah, we're going to drink Lilt and then we're going to go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And let me tell you this. There's no Lilt. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, the, the Missed Apex team. Right. Which is another podcast. Another podcast. Nice, nice bunch of lads. However, 
there's a two ex racing drivers and one current racing driver in their team. So I did some investigative journalism with Tommy off of Matt and Tommy. Tommy told me that one of them is an actual British touring car driver. This isn't okay. This no, is no, We've this been invited here under false <sighs> pretenses. For goodness sake, don't think that I'm going to be up there on the podium. So how, how has it actually gone then? I set my bar for life, Greg. Mm. Anything above... Anything average or above average, I'm pleased with, yeah. right? So the fact that I've come two seconds, a third and a fourth over the moon. That's yeah. healthy. Yeah, it's, it's above average, which for me is just a win. So yeah. I'm, I'm really pleased. Jimmy, Jimmy said, well, Jimmy, you've been here all day. How, how am I doing? You know, he talks a lot about karting, Greg. Does he? He's actually really good. Wow. I'm pleased about that because you have talked it up a lot. And, I, and I, I'm genuinely impressed by you. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I was really proud of you going Aww. around there. Have you brought any tortoise shells, uh, any large mushrooms, <laughs> any st- giant stars? I asked Greg to bring marbles. <laughs> great, great idea. And I need a couple of mushrooms. Yeah. Speaking of which, I've actually brought a load of nails. Oh, okay. Um, which I'm just going to throw. Pitch attacks. Yeah, great idea. <laughs> you know, I just mentioned Mario Kart mushrooms. Uh-huh. Yeah. To move us on to Formula One conversation what with it being a formula one podcast did you see my favorite thing in the world so i'm a mario obsessive are you i've had people who see the social media clips of this podcast message me being like oh my god you're wearing a mario t-shirt i'm Mm. like yeah i love mario after the japanese grand prix lewis hamilton did what actual tourists did and went to the super mario world in japan dressed as toad he dressed as toad the coolest man on the planet arguably yeah dressed as Toad to go to Mario Kart World, which is comfortably my favourite thing to happen this Formula One series. Possibly ever. It's a fantastic man. He has achieved legend status and do you know what that he's he's wearing it well. Because yeah. he's he's now become a legend and he's just gone, Oh do you know what? I can kinda of do anything now. I can just be myself. I can shout about things that I care about and equally I can go and dress as Toad from Mario Kart. He is so much of a legend, it's unbelievable, and still somehow managed to carry off having a mushroom on his head and walking around Mario World. It was oh, phenomenal. When you do your hottest laps here today, I wanna to know if you're gonna sing the the Mario song when you know when you go faster. I'm going to do that. I would like you to sing that. I think that'd be really good. All day in my head so far, I've just been going da 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 da. But then I'm going to do the Mario music instead. As soon as you overtake someone, you must do the. Ah, brilliant. Well, look, I've said that I can't make it. I've done me back in, Lynn. I've pierced my foot on a spike. So the reserve driver is Johnny Smith, the aforementioned. A wonderful man. We've had many chats about many cars, and uh, I'm a fan of yours. Well, thank you. You have a wonderful mind. (laughs) You are the curious part of Fast and the Curious, and I know we are largely an F1 podcast, but we like to welcome all sorts in, and anyone who really finds things curious, and you do, tell tell us a bit about how you got into the whole motoring world, because you are very well thought of in that that arena, aren't you? Yeah, I, I... I wanted to become a... I was always obsessed with car magazines as a kid. Obviously, this is pre-internet. I say obviously, it might not be obvious to sort of a lot of people. But yeah, pre-internet, car magazines were it for me. I loved the photography. I loved reading the stories about cars. And I, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> and so I just kept persisting and asking people. And basically, to, to truncate the story, I got offered a junior staff writing job when I was at university. And I quit my degree because I thought... This is my foot in the door. And, and that was in 1998. And I got picked up and uh, consequently given a, 
a chance to be a TV presenter. So, Fantastic. And, and then, it was on Fifth Gear. And then I was on Fifth Gear from 2006 to 2019. I did 18 series of that. And that was, you know, a bit of everything. Getting to drive cars you couldn't afford, getting access to vehicles, car companies, factories that you can't normally. And it was, it was amazing. Can I be honest with you, Johnny? Yeah. So I think, we, I think you've got a good booking here, Greg, because there's yin and yang to us here. Me and Greg have many things in common. One of the things we don't have in common is, and I say this sort of reluctantly, I don't care about cars all that much. <laughs> I'm the expert on a Formula One podcast. And for me, it was, I'm the, on the opposite of you. For me, it was only ever Formula One. Was it? And when I saw a road car, I used to work at a driving experience center. So people would be like, oh, that Lamborghini is amazing, isn't it? And I'm like, eh, you know, it's, it's fine. Yeah. So where does your F1, do you, because you love I don't cars, have any you F1 love F1. Credit, no, I don't have any F1 credibility. There you go. No, so you've, the you've invited the wrong person, frankly. <laughs> no, no, you, no, we haven't. We because haven't. This is, you're, this is, I'm sort of in between both of you. Yes. But, yeah. uh, but I'm definitely more towards Johnny because you are more my, towards Johnny. my obsession as a kid was sort of slightly weird, boring road cars that were sort of extraordinary because they, were, they looked quite dull. And you've got the weird... You love... You're one of your specialities. You love weird stuff. Yeah, quirky You're stuff. curious about stuff. You, yeah. Johnny owns a, a, a Tokyo taxi, for example. Like, I'd, I'd get more excited by a Tokyo taxi and your slightly unusual car collections or like an old Fiat 500 or something than I would a Lamborghini. So I, yeah. to, I mm. get more yeah. the weird stuff and yeah. the cool stuff rather than the, oh, it's the latest Porsche GT3 RS. It's like, oh, I don't care. It's just generic yeah. fast car. But it's quite nice yeah. though that that's yeah. why it's so interesting because a car is not just a car. No. no. And there's so many different types of it that you can love and there's so many different parts of it that you love. And also, the, partly the reason that you love Formula One is because that was probably the first thing that you saw and you went, oh, wow. I love. I just love the fastest of all of them. Yeah, and you, once, you, once you fall in love with a Formula One car, like you know, yeah. uh, a Toyota Revensis is gonna <laughs> is gonna feel pretty boring. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a term we use, rare but nobody cares, because there's cars out there that are rarer than any Ferrari, any thoroughbred, but they're like a Fiat Punto one litre L or something that's base model, and there's there's two left in Britain. I love finding out what makes people tick and why why are you into that why did you fly thousands of miles the last last week or so to go and see some old cars but you you went and sat in something incredible right i did i did yeah i've just flown back from a massive well the, the world's biggest porsche festival in um laguna seca near san francisco oh i used to drive that we mentioned this the other week when we had nicholas holt on on the ferrari dreamcast game i used to drive Lag laguna seca we <laughs> mentioned you? this the so other you, week you know the big corkscrew yes yeah that in the rain goodness um oh, so yeah i was there and, and 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 there's every every race and road porsche you can imagine i actually got the opportunity to drive the world's first ever porsche the, See, the that's first cool. Oh, undoubtedly cool. that's yes. interesting. And it was slow. I'll never go. It's an, exper <laughs> yeah, it's an experimental but pri priceless car. And, yeah. it, and it honestly, it actually felt quite emotional. And oh, it's, it would. It's not always about the cars, as you well know. It's about the people behind the cars. Mm. Like in Formula One, there's, there's thousands of people who never get seen on screen or get, you know, who, who create the team, create the parts, yeah. test the stuff, make it all happen. And I think as the older I get, the more into cars I get... It's more about the backstories of the people mm. and the components and the, how, what, how that didn't come to be or how that did come to be. You met someone also really interesting that I thought was cool. The man, is it right, the man behind 
the cars in the kids' film Cars. Oh, yeah, yeah. A chap called Jay Ward from Pixar, who just happens to be a Porsche fanatic, okay? The, honestly, one of the nicest people I've met. He d- helped to decide what they look like, uh, what make of cars they should be. He approached the manufacturers to say, hey, we're going to make a, we want to make a Porsche character and it's going to be female. Is that okay? But it's weird how he said, I mean, and it's like this, I guess, with, with all sorts of things, like bands not knowing whether they're, they're going to get a hit record. You never know whether, you know, you write music, you put a song out, it might end up being the most famous song of all time. Yeah. Probably a bit like when Red Bull went, should we do some Formula One cars? You know, like, we oh, do I might drinks. We, we do- could go into Formula One, <laughs> if you like. We do no, drinks. Sorry, but hang on. We make energy drinks. I know, but, yeah. you know, it looks Everyb- fun, doesn't it? Everybody down three cans and, and sketch some stuff on paper. Yeah. Let's see what we get. Well, we, we our running joke on the podcast is that everyone at the Red Bull factory is buzzing the whole all the time. time. Like, Hello, nice to meet you. Come uh, on in, come on in. Come on, can I get you a drink? Uh, we've got some drinks here. Uh, we're just designing a new car. It's not, honestly, it's not a million miles away because whenever yeah. you go to that place, there's cans of Red Bull everywhere. They go, do you want yeah. a Red Bull? You're like, yeah, all right, it's free. Christian Order hasn't been to sleep since 2008. <laughs> no, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Speaking of Formula One, shall we do a bit of Formula One chat before you go and uh, compete in? in oh, I've got to get back in again <laughs> in the most terrifying race in the whole calendar. I think it's like a barbarian's lair out there. Can yeah. you hear the, the commentators yeah. fired up in the background. It's, yeah, they're, they're taking this way too seriously. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they really are. So, where are we then? It's the back end of the season isn't it and we go into the uh, into the Emirati states such is the back end of the season that Formula 1 for the first I think the first ever time I caveat with this as someone will tell me if there's a weird exception to this I think Formula 1 could be about to crown its first ever world champion on a Saturday oh first ever <laughs> it doesn't feel that exciting <laughs> I've got to say We've, listen what day is it normally they're always take, looking for firsts we, <laughs> we take what we can this year trust me it's a sprint weekend and if Max finishes sixth or higher mm. in said sprint race on Saturday which let's be honest seems likely my friends he will be officially crowned the 2023 drivers world champion and the first ever to be crowned world champion during a sprint race wow interesting I guess because obviously normally on a Sunday you crown the winner yeah yeah she's going to have Sunday off go home see the parents have a roast he could literally put his feet up for the rest of the season but he won't because who cares the fact they've won they're all deeply odd human beings who just want to keep going Uh, and I've met I've met one of them here today so uh, is it Brad from the Mist Apex he is a professional racing driver looks incredible like physique he's obviously been training hard he is taking it too seriously, but he can't not take it seriously. Yes. So these drivers cannot not take it seriously. They are on a, they put a helmet on, they got their overalls on, yeah. brought theirs from home, by the way. They got their own overalls. Just, yep. just want to note that. That's Full true. Kit. Yeah. These people are unable to relax. It's like when Lewis Hamilton was forced to miss a race in, I think it was 2020, when he'd already won the championship, he got COVID. He was fume, absolutely fuming. It didn't, didn't matter. No. He won already, but he was still gutted to miss the race. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to do, that's, it, they're wired to do that. They want to do every single race. So that's the big headline, the fact that we could finally, after this year of dominance for Max Verstappen, he, he could do it this weekend. It seems wow. almost, it would be incredible if he didn't do it this weekend. Only horrific reliability could stop Max winning the title this weekend. Can we talk about the new team that could be forming we can so 
I was on my phone yesterday and someone just messaged me going, talk about Andretti, you've got to talk about Andretti, oh my God. So what do we need to know about this and how has this happened and will it happen properly? Formula One has been quite a closed shop for a number of years. There hasn't been a new team try and enter for quite a long time. And the last time new teams did try to enter was at the start of the 2010s. And without going through the history of those three teams, it didn't go brilliantly well. So the bar's been sort of raised for teams coming in. Another reason the bar's been raised is because the existing 10 teams are very reluctant to let someone new in. Mm. The reason they're reluctant to let someone new in is, say, for example, and I'm plucking this figure out my head, say you win $100 million for getting first in the Constructors' Championship. If all of a sudden you're splitting that 11 ways and not 10, that's less money. And, of course, Formula 1 is driven, my friends, by money. By cash, yeah. yeah. So it's... You asked me, will it happen? It could happen. The FIA have looked at it, the sports governing body, and said... This is a credible entry. So it's Andretti. The Andretti family, Mario Andretti, American guy, won the Formula One World Championship in the 70s. His son, Michael, an ex-racing driver himself. The Andretti family have wanted to enter Formula One for a long time. They've teamed up with General Motors, who, as Johnny will tell, is one of the biggest motoring companies in the world. And they want to enter an all-American Formula One team under the Cadillac brand. Ooh, yeah, which is an unusual choice. Um... Because, I mean, Cadillac have been good in Le Mans uh, over the years. And, and Andretti's been really big in IndyCar, mm-hmm. haven't they? Uh, many, many, many times. Well, that's it. And that's why the FIA have looked at it and gone, listen, these, these are, this is a credible entry. This isn't just any old people coming in. No. They've now got to persuade Formula One itself. Mm. Uh, and if even if Formula One actually go, we quite like an 11th team, they've got to persuade the other teams. And part of the reason they have to persuade them is because General Motors will have to pay a huge sum of money just to enter to claw back some of that lost prize money for the first five or six years. So they need to persuade the other teams that they're adding value to the series. They have to wear evil Knievel racing suits with large <laughs> rhinestone hats and things just to go, oh, yeah, they're the American team. Yeah. Yeah, they're the... And you know we're <laughs> big... as cowboys. And you know one of the things we do have in common is that we're big Simpsons fans. Yes. The, all I think when we talk about Cadillac is the Canyonero episode. Canyonero! So in my mind, the Cadillac Formula One car will be the huge. Red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Five miles wide, Canyonero! I actually hope that it means the Cadillac car company will will get their mojo back because they've been looking for their mojo for a little while. Could help. They've had some amazing products. Amazing products. Uh, but right now, I think they're in the little bit in the doldrums, I would say. Well, one of the things that we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast is Formula One's dream, which is to really break America. Hence yeah. the Miami Grand Prix, the Vegas Grand Prix. They, you know, uh, Netflix Drive to Survive has been really good for them in America. Logan Sargent is seen as the sort of American hope. Surely this helps their cause potentially. So F- F1 might go, oh, actually, that could bring in a new fan base from America. Listen, if, you, if you'd like my opinion, if I, I were would. to be so bold. I, I it's a f- podcast for that. Well, fine, then I'll give it to you. Um, so there's already a, an American team in Haas, but they are run by American businessman Gene Haas, but they've got a base over in the UK. And I think Haas would be the first to admit they don't quite feel like the all-American team. 
So maybe this would give America that team to really get behind. I've spoken to American Formula One fans who say, for example, they'd never heard of F1, but they lived in Miami. And all of a sudden the race came to town. It was yeah. like, oh, this is a cool new thing. So, Greg, you're exactly right. It does, you know, galvanise. People see Cadillac in other series. People see Andretti as a name and think, oh, OK, I'll get into it. Great. Yeah, well, Cadillac... General Motors are two of the most famous American things in the world, yeah. next to Hershey's, McDonald's, and Vince McMahon. Yes, sure. Oh, I was going to say Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, Hogan. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, there's no Hulk Hogan without Vince McMahon. And, and Logan Sargent, of course. Hulk Logan. Hulk, Hulk Logan. Logan. But another reason is, you know, there's only 20 Formula One seats, and there are undoubtedly oodles of talented racing drivers who could benefit from a seat in Formula One. I think I, I grew up watching Formula One in an era where there were 22 drivers. I think more drivers is better for the show. I think the American interest is good and, and would be helpful for the sport. I think it would be helpful for young drivers trying to get a chance. I would urge the teams to not just think about their back pockets, but also think about all the factors we put in. I honestly think it would be good for the sport. Okay, question for you before you go and race. Mm. There's only in my. I, I'm now in charge of F1. All right. Well, I'm well, a, well, well, God Thank you. Thank you very much. What happened to Stefano Domenicali? Well, he's uh, sadly died. <laughs> uh, Can I just point out, Stefano Domenicali has not died. It was a short his, illness. No, his, his no, family have been that, informed. That's not true. He was now, with his family, so it's um, okay. that's now, not now true. I've retired from uh, public life because of my back injury. So <laughs> right. I'm now sitting as a big fat cat in Monaco, dodging tax, nice. running F1. And I'm saying to you, I'm only going to let 10 teams. You've got to get rid of one of them. And one of them has to be Andretti. Who you been in? Alpha Tauri. Ferrari. Oh, that's technically Red Bull. And then Red Bull are going to kick <laughs> no, off. Um, but no, they've got two teams. So let's get rid of one of them. But you're focusing on the wrong answer here. What did Ferrari? you say? Oh, yeah, Ferrari. You said Ferrari. So <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear you say Ferrari. Yeah. So I'm, as well as my back, my ears are going. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm going. sick to death of their attitude for decades. Just they think, they think it's all about them. They're so conceited. It, it makes me sick. Fantastic answer. This is a great unpopular and it, opinion. You basically, because they've always said without them, F Formula One wouldn't exist. So I'd like to just punt them out to go, do you know what? Try a bit harder and come back in. Mm. So that's really interesting because we had an off-air conversation last week about Ferrari. Didn't we? we? We had a chat about Ferrari and we said there's a romanticism around Ferrari and people love it as a heritage brand and it's incredibly famous. And you said something like all the Formula One stuff does better when Ferrari do well. There is, yeah. there is definitely, so I do a bit of work with Formula One and the lovely people there tell me that whenever there's been a, a, a Ferrari success, even if it's just a one-off race win, engagement on everything whether it's the website whether it's Formula One's own podcast whatever goes through the roof so yeah. there is a huge fandom out there but it's I the Manchester United effect of football right Greg I used the exact term to you, you did, when yeah. we were having a tech when we were texting yeah. last week I knew you two would get on get on famously well but yeah. I also agree with Johnny that they would survive without Formula One would survive without Ferrari but I'd my diplomatic answer of, well, Red Bull have got two teams, so let's get rid of one of those. People will have learned a lot of things from today's episode so far. And now we're going to learn how good you are in a go-kart, oh, Johnny. shiitake mushrooms. Here we go. <laughs> Johnny, I've raced a lot today. Yeah. So, and my hands are quite sore. So 
Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Will you now go and represent us on track as well, please? Yes, I damn well will. I'm going to put my balaclava on. I've got a splash of Brute 33, and I'm going <laughs> to get out there and smash it. Go well. Not, not literally, though. Not literally. No, not literally. No. I did that. I got told off. Yeah, you get black flag. Johnny's gone off to race, Greg. Um, earlier, before you and Johnny arrived, because we were down on numbers, because Betty's not here, me and Jimmy recruited a man to join the team, right? right? Um, it didn't go brilliantly well. That man punted someone off and got black flagged. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we're wishing Johnny well, but it's a fairly low bar. That's why I'm actually quite relieved that I've put my back out. Yes, absolutely. Um, Should we do some more F1, chat? A couple of questions here. This is a, like a fundamental question that we've ignored for 30-odd episodes. Louisa says, I'm stunned this hasn't come up before, but why is Formula One called Formula One? It's a great question. Um, Formula One started in 1950. The people in charge of motor racing felt there needed to be a sort of Premier League, as it were, of motor racing. Obviously, this is long before the Premier League. You see the analogy I'm going with. Like Radio One. Yeah, exactly. BBC One. Yes. Is it because it's the first? We want to make it the biggest and best thing. And really, the, the winners of Formula One are the people who interpret the rules the best. The rules are basically what makes a racing series or a racing formula. Mm. It's like, because if you said to people, just do an unlimitedly good car with no rules, they'd be literally rocket ships. So it was the sort of first effort to go, this is a racing series, this is a racing formula, it's the first time we're going to pull all the best together. And that brand, Formula One, Racing Series One, has just stuck ever since. Yeah, I I don't think that's explained enough. People don't realise that the rules are such a big part of the sport, as in it started with the rules. That's why this series is is the way it is. That's why it's so dense. That's why... You know, we've talked about, oh, God, it's all about the tyres again, and, oh, my God, degradation and oh, boring. But that's why, because it is a rules-based... Absolutely. It was it, built from the rules up. Whoever interprets the rules best wins, and that is Formula One, my friends. Gareth in Canada says, when I was watching the Japanese Grand Prix and the camera crew approached Red Bull, the mechanics formed a human barrier in front of the back wing. Why? I know they're not wanting competitors to see these cars, but they're photographed a lot, and they appear on TV live. Why would they be so keen to cover it up? Remember when we were recording the first ever episodes of The Fast and the Curious uh-huh. and we were at Silverstone and it was something that Betty in particular found fascinating that Lewis Hamilton and George Russell when we were in the Mercedes garage were knelt down looking at the car. Formula One is, I say this on this podcast all the time, all about intricate details and actually you'd be surprised how rarely rival teams get to get properly up close to the other cars because it's not like somebody in a green Aston Martin suit can walk in to the Mercedes garage and go I'm gonna have a look at this it'd be like what the hell are you doing get out (laughs) so actually when for example Sergio Perez crashed at Monaco and they lifted the car up and everybody got a view of the floor it was like oh wow we don't normally get to see that So whenever there is a camera up close, and by the way, this happens, there will be people from the teams watching things like Ted's Notebook on Sky, watching F1 TV coverage and going, at any point, is the camera really close? Because the closer you can get, the more they can learn. So, you know, he's right. 
they do get photographed, but rarely from that close. So you will see that whenever there's an opportunity to get a close glimpse, whether you're about to get on the podium and the cars are parked up, whether there's a close-up camera shot, <laughs> someone will have a look. So actually, if you're, if you're P3, you get a great view of Verstappen's ass. Yes. So you get to see the behind of the Red Bull. And that is genuinely why. So particularly at the start of the season, say, for example, Ferrari start next season of the quickest, bet your bottom dollar that Max will get right up close on Saturday afternoon when he's calling and going, let me have a little look at this. And of course, what happens on the grid? They put human shields in front of them. So you're always looking at what you can learn. And there is so much to be learned by getting properly close up. It does make a difference. Qatar this weekend then. Lewis won it back in 2021. Mm -hmm. Not dressed as a toad. No, not as far as I'm aware. It was a World Cup year last year, so they had no... They had a break. ...racing. Quick track. Yes. Who's winning? I, I would very much imagine Max Verstappen. Okay. It's a track. It does look quick, and we know how good Red Bull are in DRS zones in particular, so I'd be hugely surprised it's not like Singapore which is tighter and twistier and we saw the Red Bull's weaknesses exploited I don't think it'll be like that I do think Red Bull will be quickest I do think this will finally be the weekend Max wins the championship the fascinating thing for me is two teams that genuinely seem to have made a big step forward consistently across all different types of track McLaren and Ferrari right I'm really interested to see which one of those is second best Logan Sargent has an opportunity here if the track is fast to prove himself because his as we've said his speed has been very good at times so this could be an opportunity for him just to you know put in a solid performance Williams have been good in higher speed circuits this is a higher speed circuit very difficult to predict because F1's only ever been here once before so hugely difficult to predict but Logan almost every weekend has a point of the weekend where he shows some real speed yeah. whether it be Q1 whether it be a free practice session you hear this in Formula 1 all the time put it all together yeah. he just needs to keep that speed consistently going throughout the weekend and carry it into a race because there's been times in the race he's looked quick but he's been recovering from say bad qualifying Williams trust in their young driver program they want to give Logan that seat next year but he just needs to give that a little bit more so it's another big opportunity for him couple of points finishes I think you'll see Logan in that car next year and that's what I need from you this afternoon here at um, Mega Karts whatever it's called and uh, <laughs> So um, we'll, we'll check in before we, before we finish yeah. and say a little goodbye to Johnny. But um, off you go and uh, give them hell out there. I'm slightly concerned. And, I, and, I, and, and put it all together for <laughs> sake. Yeah, keep it all together. The thing I'm slightly concerned about, we all said that I did all right this morning. I've yeah. eaten quite a lot of pizza since then and I do get car sick. <laughs> so that's my warning. Well, if you're going to vomit, vomit out over your shoulder over so you, the other me. person slips. Yeah. What's the, what's the flag for sick on the track? I'm not sure. So, I'm pleased with that. I don't know how much you can hear, but P13 to P2. It's not bad, my friends. It's not bad at all. Okay, can I, can I just say something? Wow. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. So, we've just finished yet another heat in the endless round of heats. Yeah. How many heats have we done? 15? 111 at last right. count. Yeah. So, reserve driver Johnny Smith. And Christian Hugill, you didn't fall below P2. No. Wow. I, I did. I gave it my all. 
and the BO uh, reflects that. Oh God, I smell awful. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you've basically just jumped off a flight anyway to be here. <laughs> yeah. And are you feeling completely delirious? My forearms are quivering, you know, like really weak. I feel as weak as a newborn kitten. But it's an insight into how knackering race driving is. You get, and you're just doing that for what, seven minutes or something and a little go-kart? 10 minute heats. 10 minute heats and a little go-kart. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And everyone looks absolutely f- yeah. <laughs> when they walk up, it look, they look like they're coming back from war. Yes. I feel like it as well. I yeah. smell like it I also. Think the hardest thing for me is when you're, lining, when you're lining up on the grid and waiting for the lights to go up, is trying to force your heart rate down, you know, because yes. you don't want to go out like with the beats flailing in your heart because you want to control yourself. And you both waved at Nana as you went round. I we loved waved, that. Yeah. That was so nice. <laughs> I, was... I waved and then I nearly crashed <laughs> you did, about yeah. three seconds later. Can you keep your hands on the bloody wheel. Yeah. Not only is Greg a tall gentleman, but you're also wearing a lovely turquoise hoodie. So you stand out in the crowd. You're a bit a foot taller and a bit brighter. Yes. Not brighter as in intelligent than well, everyone else here. Well, but, you know, uh, but I mean sort of your clothes stand brighter. So you can, you're easy to spot when you're whizzing past. Well, that was a sensational drive from Thank both you. of you. Thank you. You, Johnny, were up against a guy called Brad, uh, Brad Philpot, yeah. who I've been doing some research about, and he is a proper sort of Nürburgring specialist. So this guy is a serious player. This is the level of people here. Yeah, that, yeah that's, a, that's a high level. He's pro. And if he can memorise the Nürburgring, then uh, mental carts in Docklands <laughs> is going to be a walk in the park for him. Mm. Absolutely. This is a little bit like Formula One. In that there's like it's there's, just the same actually. I was there's just very the similar. Well, there's there's Max Verstappen mm. and there's everyone else. Yeah, and it's not dissimilar here, which is actually two is the new pole. Yes, I've been treating it like Formula One. I had a, I had a cup a cup full of uh, dry roast peanuts just before I went out. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I got slow a bit yeah. of slow release a bit of slow release energy. And I've got some fruit pastels. Yeah. and was furious to find. And I will be writing a strongly worded letter. There's no DRS in my cart. Oh, oh that is a shame. It's a shame. Wait, I it? guess we're sort of the McLaren of the bunch this this week. Surprised a few people and stormed up the grid. Yeah, po- podium each time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really good. Right. We're Lando and Oscar. Yeah, which one would you like to be? I like to be Lando because I always think his name sounds better the other way round. Norris Lando. Norris Lando. He sounds like a sort of a sixties driver. Yes. He, uh, oh yeah. yeah. With a very thin pencil moustache. Norris Lando. <laughs> what other Formula One drivers? Um, Gasly Pierre works, doesn't it? <laughs> Gasly. Hello, I'm Russell George. I'm Russell George. And I'm Norris Lando. BBC News at three o'clock. I'm Russell George. It is, isn't it? It's BBC Newsreader. Yeah. Is it the weather with Norris Lando? The weather with Norris Lando, but the, yeah. the long-term forecast, you know, <laughs> the seven days ahead, not just tomorrow. <laughs> Can you tell we're tired now? Can you? <laughs> and it's been a fantastically stupid day. Johnny, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're all incredibly tired. You're jet-lagged. I've had far too many painkillers <laughs> I think it's probably time we all went home well quite <laughs> hilariously today has all been about qualifying for the endurance race that we've all just decided don't really fancy that as quite a lot we've yeah. been we've done a lot of driving today so we're just going to bow out gracefully please send in your stuff to fastandcurious at acast.com that's an email address you can send us some questions on social media at fastcuriouspod Johnny Smith is available for uh, visual fun on uh, (laughs) on YouTube at the Late Break Show channel. Also, the Smith and Sniff podcast. Indeed. We do uh, talk about some cars at some point on that that podcast. Also, I'm featuring on an upcoming episode of the Late Break Show. When's that coming up? Yes, you are. Uh, I think about, mm, let me think, I think it's right at the end of October. 
Lovely. I think it's right at the end of October. It's the end of this month. Yeah. And uh, follow him on Instagram. Uh, Carperva on Twitter X and uh, <laughs> Johnny Carperva on Instagram. I'm also available for Visual Fun too, <laughs> should you want me to be. Only fans. <laughs> My only fans, unfortunately, not as successful as I'd like it to be. No. That's why I had to keep doing this podcast. And with that, goodbye forever. We'll be back, we'll be back after Qatar. Thanks for having me, bye. Good evening. Bye.